0: Thanks, David, and good morning, everyone. I mean, I don't know about you, but I thoroughly enjoyed the singing this morning. And um, lovely to sing some of these all hymns, isn't it? Um, And the last hymn we sang, uh, showing God's providence during the time the Israelites uh, spent in the wilderness, and His ongoing providence for the sinful world from the cross, where he continues to feed us from his broken body. This morning we are going to continue with the series on the book of John. And the passage that was read to you would have been very familiar. And, uh, but, but before we sort of get into this, let's, let's just bow our heads in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we look at your word, we ask you to open and teach us this morning, prepare our hearts, and show us once again that you and you alone are the all-sufficient one. We ask in our Savior's name, Amen. I mean, the talk was titled as the Messianic um, Signs. You could also call it the bread of life. And if you look at this passage, it describes the fourth and fifth signs, or the fourth and fifth miracles, as recorded in the book of John. But there's something really special about these miracles. The feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle in all four Gospels, recorded in all four Gospels. And other than obviously the miraculous events surrounding Christ's uh, death and resurrection. So during his life, amongst all those miracles, this is the only miracle that features in all four Gospels. So we ought to ask ourselves, why is it that way? I mean, why is it, that this is the only miracle in all four Gospels. And I believe there's an important lesson. There was an important lesson for the disciples at that time, and there's a really important lesson for us as His modern-day followers. So because it's recorded in more than one Gospel, in fact, in all four Gospels, we're going to be flicking around a little bit. But just to sort of make things a little easy, we're just going to go between Mark and John. And they're both in chapter 6, so if you want to sort of, you know, put a little paper or something in Mark chapter 6, you'll be able to flick between the two passages. So let me set the scene for this miracle. And to do that, we are going to look at Mark chapter 6, and a couple of verses there. So verse 30, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that day, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat To a solitary place. And if you sort of flick a few verses ahead, we read what the disciples were really up to. Jesus had paired them off and sent them. And this was the disciples' first mission trip. And he told them to take the minimum. No extra clothing, no food, no money, no plans for dwelling. And the disciples were meant to rely on God's providence through the hands of his followers. So this was their first mission trip. So the disciples went out in uh, pairs and preached, telling people to repent, draw out demons and healed the sick. So now they return to Jesus to give him a report. I'm sure they were elated with their success. What a wonderful thing to see people be, you know, repenting. People being healed. But I'm also sure they were tired. Sleepy. And possibly hungry. And the passage in Mark says that There were so many people coming and going, and the disciples didn't even have time to eat. So Jesus, seeing that they were tired and hungry, tells them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. It's a really tender verse, isn't it? Jesus responding to the physical needs of his disciples and telling them to come away with him and to get get some rest. Friends, how wonderful is it to just go away with Jesus, spend some time with Jesus and get some rest. Jesus says in the book of Matthew. Come to me, those who are all weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Friends, this morning we ought to stop and let the Lord say that to us sometimes. Let the Lord come to you and say, my son, my daughter, you're tired, you're burdened. You're weighed down. Come, spend some time with me and get some rest. So the disciples get into a boat with the Lord Jesus Christ and they head off to a solitary place. When they get there, it was anything but solitary. There was a great crowd. The crowd had followed them. The Bible tells us that there were 5,000 men, and then there were women and children. So it was possibly double that number or triple that number. And the account in the Gospel of Mark records that Jesus took pity on these people and began teaching them. There were these multitudes of people lost and searching. Jesus' mission was to reach them. He takes pity on their souls and starts to teach them. And now it was late. The disciples who didn't eat before must have been really hungry, their tummy must have been really grumbling. If they were anything like me, I love my food. Imagine the situation they were in, hungry and tired. And in Mark's gospel, we see that the disciples come to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Now, Lord, it's really late. Dismiss them. Let them go into the villages and get some food. At this point, Jesus looks at his disciples. And in particular, Philip. Philip came from Bethsaida, somewhere very close to where they were, and decides to put them to the test. So he looks at Philip and asks, Now, Philip, where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? Where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? Are you kidding me? Here I am tired. Here I am hungry. And you are asking me where I could get bread for 5,000 men and so many other women and children. At such short notice, in a remote place, late in the evening or late in the afternoon, and there were no resources. This was a totally and utterly impossible task. And Jesus knew that. That's what the passage says. He already had an answer. He was testing them. He was testing his disciples. Philip knew that he had absolutely no answer, no solution. Philip had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. Philip had seen the Lord Jesus Christ turn water to wine. Philip possibly knew, but it just didn't strike him, that in this situation only the Lord Jesus Christ could respond. And Philip's response was very interesting. He looks at the vastness of the task Quantifies the total inadequacy of the resources, and basically resigns in hopelessness, telling the Lord Jesus Christ, "Now look here, Lord, even eight months of someone's salary is not not even going to provide a bite for these people." Jesus knew that Philip had absolutely no chance of delivering. He did this to demonstrate to Philip and all the other disciples that he and he alone is the all-sufficient one, is the all-sufficient redeemer. He is able when we aren't. If they were to be his true disciples, They were to learn to lean on Him. They were to learn to hand it to Him. They had to learn to say, Lord, the task is impossible by my strength. I have absolutely no resources to meet this task. I have no answers, but you do. You lead, Lord, and I will follow. Friends, this morning, if we are to be His true followers and effective witnesses, we need to learn to lean on Him. We need to be able to tell the Lord Jesus Christ, you and you alone are the all-sufficient one. You lead, Lord, and I will follow Look at verses 8 and 9 in in John chapter 6. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Well, Andrew and rest of the disciples were soon going to find out as to how far these small five pieces of bread and two small fish was going to go. The Lord Jesus Christ takes the bread, these five small loaves, gives thanks, breaks the loaves, and gives it out to be distributed. The five loaves became ten, ten became twenty, twenty became forty, forty became eighty. As he broke and gave out, it multiplied. It just kept multiplying. He did the same with the small two pieces of fish, or small two fish. We find that they were all fed, they were all satisfied, and at the end there were 12 basketfuls of leftover food friends five small barley loaves and two small fish perhaps packed by the mother of this lad so that he will have some food for that day just enough for him very limited resources Minuscule resources brought to the Lord Jesus Christ and handed over. Here Lord, take it, use it. And there was absolute abundance. Friends, this morning, as his followers, what we ought to know, it is not what we have that is important. It is not how talented we are, That is important. It is not how well trained we are that is important. All these are very limited value. It is what we are willing to turn over to the Lord Jesus Christ is what is important. For him to use, him to multiply, and that is what really matters. Very often in Christian ministry you'll find yourself in this situation where you feel thoroughly inadequate and the task ahead may be huge, humongous. The Lord is able, we sang this morning, didn't we? The Lord is able, through Him we can overcome. Are you willing to turn it over to the Lord Jesus Christ and look to Him for answers? On the last night of Jesus' earthly life, just like here, Jesus broke bread and gave it to his disciples and said, This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The feeding of the 5,000 is a prefigurement of the time when the Lord Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, will break Himself on the cross and feed lost sinners. Whoever, whoever who is hungry, whoever who would come to Him in repentance, whoever has that need, will be fed, will be satisfied, will be saved. And there was abundance of food, 12 baskets left over. Friends, his mercy and love will never run out. All those who want him, who want to be filled by him, who want to be nourished by him, will be satisfied. Next Sunday, John's going to preach on the next segment. And there's an absolutely wonderful verse that I need to share with you this morning. John 6 and verse 35. The Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. And there's that wonderful verse in Lamentations, isn't it? Steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. It is new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Amen? So from His broken body, friends, this morning, from the broken body on the the cross, He keeps giving. He keeps feeding lost sinners. Six billion sinners on earth cannot exhaust His love and mercy. And we ought to know that. Let's look at another interesting verse. Mark chapter 6 and verse 41. And this is another aspect of giving that we should know about. So taking the five loaves And the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish amongst them all. So the Lord Jesus Christ broke the bed and gave it to his disciples. To take what the Lord Jesus Christ had given and set it before the people. The disciples' job in this whole situation was to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, take the bread, take the fish, and set it before the people. Friends, our job as his followers is to take the gospel from the Lord Jesus Christ and set it before the people. Our job is to keep telling. Our job is to keep showing. It is his job to convict and convert. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict lost sinners and convert. Our job is to present the gospel and keep presenting the gospel. The feeding of the 5,000, the disciples would come, take some bread from the Lord Jesus Christ and distribute. When they finished, they came back to him, take some more and keep distributing. And this is the heart of an evangelist. This is the heart of Christian witness. Go back to the Lord Jesus Christ and share his word with the lost word. So friends, feeding the 5,000 is not about Jesus' amazing ability to make abundance of bread and fish. However magnificent that miracle was. This is to show his disciples that he and he alone is the all-sufficient one. He is able we as his followers will need to lean on him to turn it over to him. So soon after this, it doesn't stop here for the disciples. They get lessons after lessons, boom, 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 boom. And um, the same message is reinforced over and over again so that they never forget. So Jesus gets the disciples onto a boat and sends them on. And he was going to follow. The book of Mark says they were en route to Bethsaida. The book of John says they were en route to Capernaum. doesn't matter. They were both adjacent cities abutting on to the Sea of Galilee, north in the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee in particular was prone to storm. Because it was sort of several hundred meters below sea level, surrounded by mountains, so strong winds, and you know what happens when strong wind hits water. And this, this sea is often affected by storms. And that's a very important verse in Mark chapter 6 and verse 52. I told you we're going to be turning up you know, between these two segments this morning. But just let me read that one verse to you. After describing what happens uh, with this miracle, Mark writes, For they had not understood about the loaves, their hearts were hardened. So what did the disciples not understand about the loaves? So we know that they got into this boat Evening, 7 or 8 p.m. And in the account in Mark, Jesus goes out to meet them at the fourth watch. So that's 3 a.m. Six or seven hours, even more. It's more, isn't it? And the book of John says, in all this time, they had rode three or three and a half miles. Several hours worth of furious owing. Straining at the oars for hours in their own strength and making very little progress. Going nowhere. Can you just picture this? All these disciples, you know, strong, big fishermen, furiously... Straining at the oars and getting very little. Friends, doesn't this sound familiar to us? Don't we strain at the oars, caught in various life storms, going nowhere, bogged down by life's problems, increasingly frustrated, increasingly angry? And in all this time, failing to look at the Lord Jesus Christ, the all-sufficient one, and turning it over to him. All in our own strength, all in our own devices. I can get through this one. No, you can't. You're not going anywhere. So they see Jesus coming. Their response, they are terrified. Mark says that they thought it was a ghost. They don't recognize Him. And isn't it also true that when we are absolutely bogged down by life's chores and burdens, that we really don't see Christ. When we are caught up in life's storms, it's difficult to see Christ. It's difficult to recognize Him. But He had never left us He's still there. We're the ones who had gone somewhere else. So Jesus gets into this boat, the storm subsides, and they reach their destination. There was the answer. Friends, this morning we knew. From God's word, that the disciples did not get the message about the loaves. As his followers, have we got the message? Do we know that we serve an all-conquering, awesome God? He is all-powerful, He is able is all-sufficient in all life circumstances. Friends, do we know this morning that when we face life's storm, we ought to look at Him. We ought to turn it over to Him. We ought to say, it's, this burden is too much. It's yours, Lord. Do we know to lean on Him? Do we know this morning to just tell the Lord Jesus Christ, you lead, you're able, and I will follow. So this is why this miracle is recorded in all four Gospels. And then it's reinforced again in the miracle of the storm to show the disciples the importance of learning to lean on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you.